Story number one, A Human Nursemaid, part two. Written by Tinpanzee writes, Florence knelt down, hunched over in the dirt and dead leaves of the forest floor. Millie and Hector laid on the ground nearby, covered by their small jackets. Last night she ran until she could only jog, and then she jogged until she could only walk, and then she walked until she collapsed. Her back heaved up and down, desperately trying to suck in enough air into her lungs. The chilled autumn air burning cold with every breath. Through wary eyes, she looked at the two children sleeping on the floor. How they had managed to fall asleep while being jostled around, she'd never know. Children could fall asleep anywhere. Her eyes drooped. She had to stop thinking about sleep. Letting out a long sigh, she watched the slowly rising steam from her breath glitter in the first rays of the morning. Florence shook her head. She needed to focus. She hadn't even noticed that the main star had come up. It was nearly morning. A sharp cry cut through the air, waking Florence with a start. Her hands were freezing. She'd fallen asleep without realizing it. Her eyes started around in panic until they fell upon the writhing bundle of blankets and coats. After opening and closing her hands a couple times to regain circulation, she bent down and picked up the crying infant, Millie. By more routine than thought, Florence started soothing the child. Reaching into her bag, she pulled out a small jar of puree and started feeding Willie. Looking over at Hector, she saw him stir but not wake. A small mercy. She breathed a sigh of relief in the steam from her mouth being pulled away from a cool breeze. Starting with a shiver, she regained some wits. How long had she been asleep? The main star had risen quite a way since she last looked. But that didn't help her much. She didn't know how long the sun took to rise on Earth, let alone the alien sun on an alien planet. Leaves rustled behind Florence. Her blood ran cold. She scrambled to turn around and crawl away at the same time, dropping Lee's food, praying that the noise had been a cute fox or a bunny. Those hopes would dash like waves on a rock as she looked eyes with a person standing not two trees away. Florence stared in horror as they were Garnayan. She didn't know what the other person was, but they weren't Garnayan. Shuddering with relief, she almost didn't notice the two little hands clutching her arm. She turned and saw Hector awake and half hiding behind her from the newcomers. He was scared. Florence patted his hands comfortably. The alien behind her moved. Florence spun her head around, expecting the worst. It was running away. From them? Why would they do that? She was not Gornayan. Why would they run away? She reached an arm in a feeble attempt to stop them, but they were too far. Trying to shout after them, only a dry rasp came out quickly, turning into a coughing fit. Miss Flo, Miss Flo, are you all right? Hector asked. I'm fine, Hector, she said, hands at her throat, just a little parched. She reached into a bag and grabbed a small water bottle meant for Millie and took a small sip. She had to be careful. That small bottle was all the water they had. She gave Millie some water and then handed it to Hector, making sure he didn't drink too much. Florence put the bottle away and noticed a spilled jar of puree in the mud. The jar was half the food that she'd packed for Millie. That jar was half the food that she had, period. In her rush to leave the house, she hadn't packed any food for herself or Hector. How could she have been so stupid? Miss Flo... 
Hector asked hesitantly, pulling Florence away from her thought. What is it, Hector? I'm Miss Mommy. Can we go and see her? His voice made it clear that he was on the verge of tears. He didn't deserve this. Florence took a moment to compose herself before answering. She was all he had left and she had to start acting like it. Any hurt or fear that she was feeling was nothing compared to this little boy. She needed to be who he needed her to be. Not right now, Hector. Her voice was soothing as a lullaby. Your mom is still at the house and it's not safe for us there. The bad guys might still be there. But what about mommy? He asked. His fear was himself being replaced with the fear for his mother. Won't the bad guys get mommy? Don't be silly, she said, poking him in the ribs with a squirming smile. She's with the bestest, most strongest soldier in the whole Kornak army. Do you really think Atto would let anything happen to her? Her heart panged as he said Atto's name. No, Hector admitted. He looked up to his older brother more than anyone, and even his father. Hector seemed to fall into a deep thought for a moment before he continued. Why don't we go back so Atto can protect us too? Atto, another pang, already has enough on his hands protecting your mom. It's my job to protect you two. He pinched his cheek. Okay, he said, pausing for a moment. I'm hungry. Me too, bud, she said, patting him on the head. Me too. Therein lied Florence's most pressing problem. Neither her nor the kids could eat Grenadian food, which meant that she had to find some kind of Cornaic food for Hector and Millie if they were going to make it. She shook her head, trying to navigate thoughts out. They were going to make it. She was going to make sure of it. But first, she had to focus. There was a huge amount of food in a storeroom back at the house, but there was no way that they could get back there. Even if the Ghanaians were gone, the bodies might still be there and she couldn't risk Hector seeing them. Realistically, they only had one place left to go. Come on, Hector, she said. Get up, we need to get moving. Where are we going, he said, getting up and grabbing onto her. We're going to your daddy's work to get food. Remember how he always kept snacks there for you. They walked as the main star traveled through the low arc across the sky. Florence had been to Corniac and Bessie at least a dozen times, but she had never driven there herself. She didn't have a good sense of the direction, but even in the middle of a forest, she at least had an idea of where to go. The pace through the forest was slow, but she expected nothing less. Hector had always needed constant prodding to walk even to the tiniest bit, and she was making him walk for hours. He complained constantly. His legs were sore, his throat was thirsty, he was tired, it never ended. He was grating her nose down until she wasn't sure that she had any left. Even worse, her own legs burned with overexertion. Florence had not truly run since she did track in high school, and even then, she was a short-distance runner. She always hated long-distance running, it made her legs hurt almost as much as a torn shoulder. When they first started moving, she tried carrying Millie in the bad arm, but she could only quickly grab the gun from the sash. That was a short-lived attempt. It hurt too much. Her shoulder was worse off than she had originally thought. Luckily, Millie, forever the angel, either slept or constantly laid awake in Florence's arms. She had always been such a sweet, well-behaved girl. If Millie had had a temper tantrum, Florence wasn't sure that she'd been able to commotionally handle it. 
The ragged group came across the road just as the light of day started to fail. Florence had to guess which direction to go. Only realizing she picked the wrong one after they'd come across familiar intersection past the embassy. They turned around and headed back. She'd run faster during the night than she'd originally thought. They walked along the road in the right direction this time, taking wide berths through the forest around the houses that they came across. It started getting more difficult as they got closer to the city, ending up with them walking mostly through the forest again, parallel to the road. The night was truly full of swing by the time they skirted the city to where the Corniac Embassy was located. The orange glow in the sky that Florence had seen earlier turned out to be several buildings ablaze. At the sight of the first building, Hector had been making every step a misery, then he became quiet and obedient. Florence felt relieved that she wasn't going to have to drag him by the arm anymore, but also felt guilt at his obedience, caused by fear, made her relieved. The mostly empty streets made getting into the embassy easier than Florence had anticipated. She breathed a sigh of relief and let out a tension that she didn't know that she was holding as they turned a corner and saw the embassy intact. Black marks rose up a couple of the windows on the top floor, and the building was like a ghost of flames past. But the fires that caused them appeared to be extinguished. They waited for what Florence guessed was an hour until she was confident that there was no one in the building. Sneaking around the side of the building, she momentarily thought about getting Hector to open the biometrically locked door, but decided against it. She didn't know whether he was a registry or whether it was quite a password. What if there was an alarm? It was safer to sneak through one of the broken windows. After hoisting Hector through the open window, she clumsily climbed through herself, taking three attempts to do so with her injured shoulder. Once inside, the glass cracking underfoot made her wince, but luckily, no one came to investigate the sound. Regardless, she reiterated to Hector that he needed to be absolutely silent. They moved through the building slower than she would have liked, but that was the price that she was willing to pay if they managed to get where they were going without being noticed. Three, four hours later, and she spotted the kitchen. Upon entering, she let out a huge breath as she began holding in. The supplies were there. She needed those supplies, and she honestly wasn't sure what she would have done if they weren't there. Out of the corner of her eye, Florence saw a Gournayan climbing in the staircase at the end of the hallway. She quickly pushed Hector into the kitchen and bit back a scream. She's used to her bad arm without thinking. Hector started to cry, silent tears streaming down his face. Florence had to do something. She had to keep the kids safe. Sitting Hector down, she placed the sleeping Millie in his arms and held up a finger to his lips. Then she stood up and took the gun out of his sash. Putting her back against the door frame, she took a deep breath and nearly threw up holding it in by the skin of her teeth. If she threw up, the Gunean would have heard her. She took another deep breath to try and calm herself. Deep down, she knew they wouldn't be able to do this if she thought about it. Without thinking or preparing herself, she spun out into the hallway to face the Gunean. A moment later, it was in her sights and she pulled the trigger. Click. Nothing happened. The gun didn't fire. Looking up in horror from the gun to her outstretched arm, she saw the Ghanaian's back. Her stomach sank. He was facing away from her. He'd already turned around. He was about to leave and she just let him know she was there. 
At the sound of the misfiring gun, the Ghanaian turned around and saw her, and in what looked like a machete in his hand. Panic, and with nothing left to lose, she forcibly pointed the gun at him, emphasizing the weapon. Move, and I shoot. Make a noise, and I'll kill you right now, she said with hushed tones. The words sounded wrong in her mouth, like a foreign language. She didn't shoot people. That wasn't her. Florence felt her heart pound in her chest when what must have been a million times in a moment that it took the Ghanaian to react. He slowly started to lift his arms. She couldn't believe it worked. He didn't realize her gun was jammed. She stood there frozen with indecision. The Ghanaian stood silently across from her waiting for her to make a move. He mistakenly thought that she had the upper hand and she needed to keep it that way. She had to do something if she stood any longer, he'd know that something was up. Very deliberately, she gestured with the gun for him to drop the sword. He slowly lowered his sword to the ground, then she gestured for him to move backwards. And he did that too. Stunned that it was working, Florence kept him moving back, but the hallway started to run out and she had no idea what was going to go to. Like a gift from God, the Gornean walked past the door that was locked from the outside. She gestured for him to stop. He complied immediately, causing Florence to step closer to him than she meant to get. Much closer. Up close, it was a lot more apparent that he was much bigger than her. He made a move, and she leveled the gun at his head, staring at him defiantly. One thought about what would happen to Hector and Minnie if she let the Ghanaian kill her gave her all the steel that she needed to stand up to this monster for a thousand years if that's what it took. The Ghanaian froze and then cautiously reached for the handle to open the door. Once inside, Florence gestured him to close the door. As soon as it was closed, she leapt forward and locked it. Listening for a moment, she put her mouth near the crack of the door and spoke quietly. If you make a sound, I will kill you. Foreign words again. She didn't like it. Waiting for a moment to confirm and remain silent, she turned and walked back to Hector and Millie. Upon entering the kitchen and seeing that they were still safe, she dropped the gun and scooped them up in her arms and started sobbing. She wasn't meant for this. Other people did this kind of stuff. Not her. She was so tired. Giving herself only a moment's respite, she told Hector to stay put, holding Millie. Grabbing both bags, she turned towards the cupboards, accidentally kicking the pistol that she dropped on the ground. Bending down, she picked it up and fiddled with it until the lodged bullet came loose. She threw the defective bullet aside and took out the clip. Four shots left and what was her gun was even still worked. She put it in her sash and headed back to the cupboards. With care and fragility of the contents, she emptied both of Millie's and Hector's bags onto the counter. She searched through all the cupboards, packing all the food that both Millie and Hector would be able to eat. The sight of two bags nearly full to the brim with food gave her hope. Looking at one last cupboard, Florence found a small amount of human food that they kept in the embassy for her. There wasn't much room left, so she simply grabbed two sticks of butter and placed them on top of the bag before closing them up. She read somewhere that mountain climbers ate butter while climbing, since they had so many calories. If sticks of butter were good enough for mountain climbers, then they would be good enough for her. There was no room left for human feud. Finished, she zipped up the bags and went over to pick up Millie. After she helped Hector put his backpack on and put her own bag on, she headed back to the hallway. Every corner she rounded made her skin crawl, and every sound she heard made her heart jump. 
but somehow, miraculously, they made it out of the embassy and back to the forest. Hector collapsed the moment they stepped into the forest. He'd given today everything he had. He was so completely spent. Florence was also totally utterly exhausted, but she knew that they couldn't stop here. Gritting her teeth, she switched Minnie over to her bad arm, wincing at the pain. With a good arm, she picked up Hector and put him on her back and restarted the track into the forest. Her legs burned, her head pounded, and felt like her arm was going to fall out of its socket. But most of all, she was tired, so, so tired. Eventually, her legs gave out and they stopped right where she fell. She couldn't do this anymore. No matter how much she wanted to keep Hector and Millie safe, she couldn't do it herself. She needed help. She'd run far as she could, and now it was time for the next thing and her survival training taught her to do when all else was lost. Find other humans. For better or worse, humans are tribal. That means on an alien world, they are your team, and you are theirs. More than anything, she needed someone on her team because she had to keep Hector and Millie safe. Whatever it took. End of story.